my go time. But go now, time. Huh? Now I'm a late morning person. I get up at seven. <laughs> what am I looking for? I'm looking for a video. There it is. Till we're all growing a beard. A man's face should never be bare. We just want some facial hair. We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for beards. Well, good morning, everybody. This is Behind the Beards. And here on Behind the Beards, we pull the curtain back, take a look behind the scenes, and reveal the things you need to know about what goes on in the hearts and minds of your ministers and ministry leaders. Mm -hmm. I am Joshua Fowler, a preaching minister in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. My guest today is Josh Fowler. I know, right? I was waiting for you to say Baton Rouge. A Baton Rouge? No, I don't do that anymore. Not anymore. It's not my thing. Aaron I'm the youth a... minister at the youth Pine minister. Tree uh, Church of Christ in Longview, Texas. That's right. Um, Cut Josh off. He wasn't. He wasn't ready to. I was getting there. He was getting off his. I got him off his script. I know. Waited for the little comment. Man, it's a. It is a glorious day. It kind of feels like fall in Baton Rouge. I mean, and by, it kind of feels like fall. It's 55 and rainy. I know. You got a jacket and a hoodie on? It's not a jacket and a hoodie, man. This is like style. Is this is just a... No, it's just a shirt with a hooded t-shirt underneath it. Because swag, you know? Swag. Yeah. You just call me Swaggy Pete. Swag. I won't <laughs> call you that. I won't call you that. Um, but it's uh, it's been good, man. I, I will tell you this precautionary tale for everyone. Uh -oh. If you have dirt daubers in your area, don't let them build nests in your vehicle. Mm, gosh. Um, that sounds so terrible. Yeah, I am. Um, I am thankful. I am thankful. What am I? What am I thankful for? <laughs> this is a good episode um, today, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. I guess uh, I'm, I'm hoping that it's just a it's just a water pump on the car. We got stranded on the highway for those that are just kind of joining us. Car shut down, and they get a call from the shop, and they're like, "So you have a dirt dauber that's built a nest in the weep hole of your water pump?" And I'm immediately going, "That explains a lot." And this, what coming next is not going to be good. Um, if you water pumps are so <clears throat> expensive. Now, I mean, used to you could change them in 45 minutes and they cost $45. Is it just because of the location of where they're at most of the time that costs so much? So it's really like the the labor? Yeah. yeah, so it used to be right outside on the outside of the engine, right inside the fan. And now anymore, they're inside the front cover attached to the timing chain, which means that $45 job is now $2,500. Um, Man. and we limp around, uh, hang on, I had a little frog in my throat there, but you know what? It could be worse. Um, could lots be. of things could be worse, right? Um, could burn your hand trying to check. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who would do something like that. Take the skin off your wrist. Take the skin right off your wrist. Um, Luckily that good. was post gator and not pre gator. That's true. That is true. Um, Facebook user. I know. It's, it's kind of weird. weird it's a good comment, that. though. Everyone thinks they know how to say Baton Rouge. 
more correctly than someone who's from there. Yeah. You know, you know people who are from here, they say it differently every time. Depends on where you're from. Um, and people in New Orleans say it differently than people in Baton Rouge. Uh, but it always, everybody wants to throw a little flair on the name of that city, though. Baton Rouge. But they what's do. new in uh, what's new in Longview, man? Man, <clears throat> we just had our friends giving, and I had um, about twice the amount of teens that I was expecting to have, which means. Uh, we we don't do turkey at our Thanksgiving. We do chicken strips, and uh, canes. We we did we did canes, um, and which but we also did uh, chicken express uh, because we had twice the amount of kids kind of just show up who brought their friends and things like that. So then we had to like emergency go get more chicken, which is like a good it's a good thing to do. Or it's a good like problem to have, but we set up mm -hmm. a mega table, um, which we love. We take all of our tables and we make one huge table out of it, and then we sit around it. And I have it's just a time of fellowship. I, I tried to tell people they're like, "Well, what are we gonna do?" And I said, "Dude, we're gonna eat, <laughs> and we're gonna fellowship, and we're gonna play a couple games." Um, but really, like, the point is for you to be able to just hang out together uh, and play some games. Uh, I said, and, and that's the main point. It's about being friends and coming together. We do, um, we do thank you cards. Uh, so they they write on one card, they write what they're thankful for, like a real one, and then they're allowed to then write like a sarcastic one. Um, so a lot of them, a lot of them, dish at me because I removed the couches from our youth room and I put in uh, some chairs, and so they're like, I am thankful for these chairs that correct my posture and don't allow me to get comfortable in class. Thank you, Aaron. Um, you know, kind of a thing. So I, I eat those all all during our Friendsgiving and stuff like that. But we have that coming up. We have a lock-in on Friday. And uh, I hate lock-ins um, because they're not fun after 30. Um, so but we have a lock-in uh, on Friday. 30. Yeah, actual 30. Uh, anyway, were they fun in. before thirty? Uh, I've never actually, even as a teenager, I did not enjoy lock-ins. I was, I, I, I was the kid who brought a cot and a sleeping bag, and after midnight, about two a.m., I went to bed. Yeah, and I started. I started going like, do nothing. Like the games are cool, but nothing fun happens after like two a.m. I'm just gonna go to bed. I didn't really enjoy them because uh, my dad didn't subscribe to the fact that just because you didn't sleep last night doesn't mean you get to shirk your responsibilities the next day. Right. And yeah. so I, I still had to go to work on Saturday. I still had to take care of the stuff that was needed to be around the house. I didn't get to like go home and sleep. So, uh, well, that's the way it'll, it'll always be here. Like I'll get home at 7 a.m. on Saturday and it won't matter. Like Sam will find a way to come into uh come into the bedroom and be like dad what are you doing why are you still sleeping and i'll be like i just went to sleep <laughs> so anyway I'm gonna, but i'm gonna have to keep uh keep this rolling up here so i can actually see who's actually commenting because yeah i don't know why streamyard streamyard isn't that. populating the names but yeah, that's jumped in germany in case you're wondering oh, okay i was um, like what is going on who are these people uh, today on the episode, we were going to do something a little bit different. Um, instead of um, 
talking about something super serious. We're going to sit back and we're going to chill and talk about something super serious. Um, no, I think we're going to we're going to spend some time to talk about what we're thankful for, right? Like we need that. It is November. It is the time. It's the official month of being thankful. We have Thanksgiving coming up and all this kind of good stuff uh, that's rolling through. And so we are um, we are we're going to talk about what we're thankful in, in ministry. You know, a lot of times like we talk about some frustrations, um, some things that need to be better. Um, we want to reveal things about your ministers and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like we still do this job because we feel called and because we love Jesus. And there's a lot of things in ministry that I'm just thankful for. There's a lot of things uh, that ministry allows me to do in my life that like a, a regular or a normal job wouldn't necessarily allow me uh, to be able to do. Um, so there's a lot of things uh, about ministry uh, that we love and so we want to spend some time today just talk about some of the things that we are uh, most thankful about and kind of have a conversation uh, about that yeah it, we don't just get one each right we can kind of go back and nah, forth we'll and just... just go back and forth and chit chat about them and that's good because a little bit right yeah um i guess i would be like probably in trouble if i didn't start off with like saying i'm i'm thankful for my uh family Right. Um, I am. And it seems like an obvious place to start, but sometimes we really, I need to like remind myself that um, I'm really thankful for the people, you know, that are in my life. And I look yeah. at, you know, one of my greatest fears in getting into ministry uh, was raising a family in ministry. And, uh, you know, when I look kind of where my kids are right now and, uh, you know, we, we both have wives that really support um, and and walk alongside us in our ministry. Yeah. And sometimes it's easy to take that for granted. Um, uh, but sometimes I kind of just look over and go, man, I sure am glad you're here with me. Um, and I'm really thankful for, you know, kids that have, you know, bought into the mission of God, but also... Yeah done the work to grow outside of 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 who i am as a minister of the church that they go to um and, and i'm really thankful for uh mentors and people who gave me the advice of saying listen um if you follow this calling but sacrifice your family um you have not been very successful right yeah um, i've heard that you know so be sure you take care of your marriage be sure you take care of your family um, and, and be certain that that is your priority so that your ministry mm -hmm. can grow out of that. Um, and I can't, I'm just, I'm just, I look at him and, you know, my son's in, in Okinawa, he's in Japan, he's, he's married, uh, to, to a woman that loves him and loves God. They've got a beautiful little baby. Uh, my daughter's engaged to a young man who loves God and loves her and is looking forward to, you know, growing in not just growing together, but growing in Christ together. And they're always asking about how they can be more godly in their relationship. And, um, and then my youngest who's out there, who's always been kind of a homebody, he's out there and he's on his own. And he's um, learning what it means to grow up and he's making big boy decisions now. Um, and I'm just, um, I, I, I hesitate to use the word blessed because I think mm. we, we wrap up blessing in, in physical positive things far too easily. Um, but I'm just thankful, man. 
I'm thankful for a family to, to walk along beside. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Man, I, I when I think about ministry and, and some of the things I'm thankful for, um, the first one that comes to mind is, uh, man, I'm thankful when like a teenager decides to give their life to Christ. Mm-hmm. I think about like all the frustrations, all the stress, <laughs> all the moments where yeah. like I want to like quit and pack up my office and leave. Uh, but then I think of like a Sunday morning and uh, okay. So like two weeks ago, I, I wasn't frustrated or upset. I didn't want to pack up my office and leave. So don't think just because I'm telling the story that, but I, we had one uh, young girl, seventh grader. Uh, she just gave a Devo. We were doing these Wednesday night Devos uh, where I give a Devo and then we sing some songs and then one of the teens comes up and, and leaves a short little Devo. And she, she led this really powerful testimony of why you should believe in Jesus Christ and what he has done for her and her life. And I'll be fair, youth ministry fail, fail here. I thought she was a baptized believer, you know, kind of a thing, uh, whatever. And uh, so church is going long, right? Like church is going long. And I'm like, okay, I need to get over and get my PowerPoint set up. I need to get everything ready and rolling for class. So I'm leaving and her uncle, who I've become pretty good friends with, kind of taps me on the arm. He says, hey, uh, you know JC's about to get baptized, right? And I was like, what? And he's like, <laughs> yeah. And he pointed, and I hadn't noticed because our auditorium has, has been so full, and we're back to one service. And so, sure enough, she goes forward, and her, her daddy's up there with her. And I go, well then, and I drop my bag and I go right back to the front row and I get my uh, phone out or whatever. And I just sit there and I just, I just go, wow. Like it just, I don't know. Like it just seems like everything melts, everything goes away. It's like when you, you, you get reminded of the mission, you get reminded uh, of who Jesus is and, and what church is about and why we all are in this room together and why we come together. And it's just like all of it at that moment makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. All of it at that moment makes sense. And I'm watching her get baptized and I'm watching her give her confession in front of the church. And I'm just like, yeah, that's awesome. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. It is. Like, yeah. And, and I know the angels are like celebrating and, and screaming and are being super excited. And so I don't, I don't know. So for me, like I am so those moments mean, and I don't know if they would mean as much to me if I wasn't in full-time ministry, but they, they mean so much to me uh, and i'm always like that's that i think that's the one thing that i'm most thankful for uh, or when a teenager just like and it's maybe not just giving their life to christ in baptism but it's like when a teenager gets it and you just like and you see it click in their head you know um uh, or something like that so yeah there's a you know heather and i were talking you know just the other day there was a in 2019 we started um we we really got into campus ministry and 2019 went really well 2020 was a disaster for the world and it took a long time to really recover from that Uh, but when we did we came out and we had almost 20 college students from our church or that were affiliated with our church that were gathering on campus um just I mean, some things occurred with some other other people around, and and I just told them, I said, look, I'm going to take a step back because right. I don't want to be a barrier for what you guys are doing here on campus. 
Right. Um, so I'm going to provide you all the resources you need. And I, I trust you and I trust this person. Yeah. And, and you just tell me what you need and I'm going to be that guy for you and you're all there. And then someone else from the church came in and, and stepped in. One, one of our former shepherds came in and started doing a devotional with them. Mm. Um, and, you know, all these other people started like taking these roles so that they could continue to, to move forward. And, um, you know, Heather said, I don't, she goes, I don't feel right not being there. I should be there. And kind of a little hurt that we weren't as involved with that ministry as we once were. Because we, when it started, we were doing the tailgates. We were doing the devotionals. We were organizing the meals. I was, had, it was just us doing this. Right. And I said, yeah, but, but babe, like, this is what we work for. Mm-hmm. Because now you're here and there's this ministry that is now self-sustaining mm-hmm. um, because other people stepped up and took a role to making sure this happens. Right, that's and, the goal. And that's the goal. And she's like, that's I know, the but goal. it hurts. <laughs> and when the goal yeah. like comes to fruition, sometimes we're not ready uh, yeah. for the goal to fully be there. Man, I feel that all the time. I feel that like you, we talk about like healthy forms of youth ministry or healthy forms of ministry is is pouring into other people and utilizing other people and pulling them in and getting them involved. And I have been so molded by a broken system that I'm the paid guy. I'm supposed to do it all. Right. I have to carry the weight, put the cross on my back and and follow after me. And I have been molded that it's so hard for me to sometimes let go in a controlling aspect and say, you know what? That's fine. That's that's good that they are doing yeah. that. And I don't and know if there's if it's if it's there's probably always a part of me that goes, but if I if people don't know that I'm involved, right. Will they keep paying me to be the youth minister? You know what I mean? Like in, yeah, in, in yeah, actuality. For sure. So that always like goes through the back of my head. I had a moment just like that. And I I was just telling my dad and I just told the church staff about it. Um and I said I said, you know what? I have uh I have placed these people around me in youth ministry, these adults who want to pour and love teenagers. I have placed them around me, I have asked them to step up, I've asked them to devour my emails and know all the ins and outs and ask me all the questions that I might forget to answer so that if people feel more comfortable and they want to go to them instead of me, that they have those forms. Uh, and, and, you know, I had a moment where, you know, I was getting frustrated because I was like, well, why didn't that parent just come talk to me? Why are you talking to this other person? <laughs> and then I had to stop myself. You put go, a system in place. I had to go, yeah, Aaron, stop. <laughs> This is the system working, and the people that you put around you are all people who love you, who aren't trying to go against you, who want to make your life easier, yeah. but they also just want to be involved in youth ministry and help out and let you be the backbone. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I went home and I told Lauren, I said, you know what? Instead of being frustrated, I'm going to be thankful. Which, guys, that's not an easy switch. Oh. No, it's to not. like just go like you know what instead of frustration we're gonna be thankful you know it's yeah. not that easy um it, but i i feel a lot better about it and maybe i don't sound that way but i do feel a lot better about it i don't feel frustrated about the situation anymore I, i'm actually very <laughs> thankful and i usually if something's bugging me i will i mean i will dream about it 
I will think about it all night. And I went home and I slept. And I just I just slept and I went to Dreamland and it was fine. Um and I'm thankful I'm thankful for those people. I'm like I'm really thankful for those people who who say, you know what? Church is a lifestyle and it's not uh something for me to consume in entertainment. It's it's something that I want it to be a part of my life. I I when I go sit on the pew it's for me to learn about Jesus, and then afterwards, I'm looking around and I want to talk to other people. I want to engage in other people. I want to walk with them in their Christian life, whether it be a visitor or somebody that I've talked to every Sunday for the last forty thousand years, kind of a yeah, thing. I'm and, thankful for those for those people. And we've we've seen that really take off here over the last year. We had two different people from our church step up and direct church camp this year. Wow. And we had someone else take hold of our campus ministry. We have. Uh, four uh, families that are kind of taking charge of LTC. Um, we've had someone really take charge LTC. of um, our fall fest and trunk or treat time. Wow. They just planned it. And they've just been a, and those are things that in the past, like if we've done them, I've had to do them. Right. And then seeing people step up in that role, like you said, it's kind of hard to, to not feel offended as if you're not really needed. Um, but recognizing this right? is how the church moves forward and effectively and efficiently. This is how it you should know, work. And, These are um, the and and it, we've been in we've been in so many modes sometimes where we've been in healthy unhealthy situations that it's sometimes hard to recognize. Yeah, the healthy situation. I think Jonathan he mentioned something here that kind of goes back to what you were talking about when kids make that, mm -hmm. and I say kids or adults make that decision, mm -hmm. but. You know, when you see your your students and even the people that you're teaching, whether they're no matter what age, uh, but when they make those connections and when you recognize that they're paying attention, but they're not only paying attention to you, they're paying attention to everything that's going on around and, 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 and putting those things together. Um, I've, I always appreciate it when someone comes in and tells me, hey, man, you know, good job, good sermon, good whatever. Um, but it's even more impactful when someone comes and says, hey, when you mentioned this, like, I really kind of felt like you grabbed a piece of my soul and, mm. and really squeezed it a little bit. Uh, because it's not just a, you know, then it's not just a token, mm -hmm. you know, comment. Good um, job today, really, Yeah. It, you know, those are good too. I'm believe me. I'm I'm never going to turn down a <laughs> never going to turn down an attaboy. Um, but when someone just makes some connections, and you're like, okay, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the work is valuable, and the work is valued. Um, those are those moments that uh, uh, we need, and we just can't get enough of. How about this one? This one will hit you hard. I'm thankful for the ameners in church. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm. Uh, I get made fun of quite a bit. Uh, people like to poke fun. I am a very vocal listener in church. Uh, Jody, our preaching minister, will tell you that he actually mm -hmm. like loves it. I think. I think that's why we get along so well. Is because even when we were visiting, even if we're just visiting a church, I, there's something, I think it's because, and you could probably blame my dad. I don't even know if he's here in the chat, but I, he probably doesn't even remember saying, he doesn't remember half the things that I say that he said, 
But I remember he told me once when I was a kid, he said, if you agree with what the preacher's saying, you better let him know. And ever since then, ever since then, like, I just, like, I will amen or I will, mmm. Like, I'm a very, <laughs> I like, ooh. Uh, like, I'm a very vocal listener. And as a, as a preacher, um, it's, it's like, it's helpful when, not because, like, I need that positive encouragement, but it's because, like, I know that you're tracking with me. Um, I, I, I engage, I stop my youth class quite a bit and I'm like, are you guys alive? Are you guys with me? Are you guys tracking? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, all right, well, let me know. Because if you're not making any noise, then I kind of feel like you fell asleep or I'm spinning out up here or something. And they're like, oh, that's right. That's right. But, uh, I'm a very vocal listener. I think any recording that you go onto pine tree, you will hear me somewhere in the sermon. Mm, yeah. Amen. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I mm. just like, there's moments where, where somebody proclaims some sort of deep factual, uh, statement of faith or something. And it is just super, I don't know. Like there's just something comes over me that goes, yeah, like I agree with that. Like that is huge. You know, especially when a preacher's like, you know, Jesus Christ is our Lord and savior. And I'm like, amen. Like he is like, what are you? Yeah, of course. I don't know. So I'm, I'm thankful for people who are like active listeners in church who aren't afraid, who aren't afraid to say, yeah, you know, uh, or something like that. So this that's a, is that's a weird one. We're not going oh, like, in order of like what I'm most thankful for. Um, yeah. And saying amen to a preacher is like saying sick him to a dog. <laughs> like, that's true, man. And there he is. Look, it's, there he is. It's, I knew he was it's energizing. Yeah. I mean, for me as a, as a, there are some speakers that get a little kind of off track by it, but for me, right. it just is, I mean, Hey, if you keep saying amen, I'm going to keep going because it kind of lets you know that you're hitting on something that somebody's mm -hmm. connecting with. Um, this is going to sound, um, facetious or funny, but it is genuine. Okay. I am thankful for a spirit that cautions me to not, I like to be funny and I like to make people laugh, mm. but every once in a while there's a moment. And in that moment, there is this voice that says, not the time and not the place. Oh, um, that's, that's my mom. That's your mom. Yeah. Yeah, she's well, talking to you. That's as a general as a, as a general rule. <laughs> that voice comes to me far too late. Um, you know, so I'm I'm preaching, mm. and on a Sunday night, and my song leader is sitting right down here, and he is quite obviously um, not listening at all, <sighs> um, and he's probably scrolling Instagram or or TikTok because chapters in the Bible are only so long and there's only so <laughs> many thumb swipes up you can get <laughs> before know. you get to the end of the chapter. You know? Oh, you uh, plus, yep. plus we're only, uh, I mean, we're only dealing with about seven to 10 verses. So, um, I know for a fact that it doesn't take you that many clicks to type in Mark <laughs> chapter five That's right. in the Bible app. Okay. You know, and so the temptation is, well, if our song leaders done on Instagram, we'll go ahead and get ready for the, uh, invitation song, you know, but, you know, I don't do that or, and, 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 you know, people, let's just be honest for church people out there, the little things that you think you're doing, um, coyly that aren't recognized can be seen with clarity from the stage and from the, from the pulpit area. Yeah. You know, I can see the glow of the, of the Facebook screen on your face. 
Mm-hmm. You can see the conversations that you think you're having quietly and the whispers aren't so whispery. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so, but so those distractions are sometimes, it's just right there set up to say something and then someone says, no, you, you don't know what's going on in their life. Mm-hmm. And you do not want to be the one that calls someone out in a public way mm. and pushes them away from a space, no matter how funny you think it is or how valuable you think the laugh is or how strong you think your relationship is with them. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. And so I am thankful for that voice that says, don't be a moron, Josh. Just do what you came here to do. They might not be listening, but someone is. And that's the one that you need to speak to. And that's when you need to proclaim to. At the end of the um, day, it's not like they fell out of a window and died. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, uh, there are some stories that were recorded in the Bible that I feel like are just kind of digs. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> fell asleep in the window, and fell out. We have a homage to that story in our uh, children's ministry uh, hallway. Little. Up above one of the doors is Eutychus sleeping in a window. It's pretty funny. I think there's better actually better than him laying on the street. <laughs> I think there's that was, actually that's some comment. I thought you were going, and I was like, "Well, that is very biblically accurate." Uh... No, I think there's actually a comment above the sleeping Eutychus about you know when the preacher goes too long or something like that. That's right, and, uh, yeah. It's funny. I have um, uh, somebody gave me a little block at. at central when we were there that that says uh, if you find yourself falling asleep in church and you jerk your head back just say amen <laughs> everyone will just think you're praying amen oh that's an empty feeling though isn't it like when your elbow slips off your knee and uh, like I remember that as a kid and it feels like such a violent <laughs> yeah. yeah and and you just hope you didn't like snort or something when you uh, when you snap too right and you look around like did anybody notice I was like yeah dude Everybody yeah. noticed. <laughs> Pretty sure Grandma Ethel over there on the far right wing is uh, noticed. Yeah, yeah but uh, I'm thankful for that voice that you know calls me back to reality and says mm-hmm. it's not that important. Um, and like we've often said, because ultimately it's not about me. Right. Um, and there's someone else out there. So just. Um, do what you're here to do. Here's a crazy one for you. Okay. I'm thankful for uh, shepherds that allow me to minister to them. And I'm thankful for shepherds that shepherd me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thankful for I'm thankful for elders who, who take their job of shepherding and taking care of the flock and realizing that I'm a part of the flock that needs to be shepherded and, and sought after and taken care of uh, spiritually just as much as anybody else. But I'm also thankful for that same minister or the same elder who goes, who says I'm not above reproach and I need to be ministered to as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's a healthy relationship of shepherding and ministering and walking alongside. Um, uh, I'm thankful for, for elders who, who the first words I hear out of them are, When's the last time you took a vacation day? Are you getting enough rest? Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I see that you're doing a lot. Why don't you take? Why don't you make sure that you're spending time with family? You know, and it's not followed up by like, you know, hey, spend some time with your family. 
hey bud uh let me uh let me call you on your day off or or kind of thing like that like i'm i'm thankful for elders and shepherds that are mindful right um that think and realize boundaries and space and things like that 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 just take that position um more seriously more than just being a boss yeah and that's that's a really challenging place to be you know it is. it's not easy um and it's similar to you know ministers as well that mm-hmm. um and it's an easy part of life to neglect mm-hmm. that when you are in charge of the spiritual growth and maturity of people who you are teaching shepherding ministering to mm-hmm. um by the world's wisdom it's counterintuitive to like appear needy or act as if you need something yeah um but the truth is also by the world's wisdom we never continue or we're never content with our knowledge we're always pursuing more right um and i think sometimes we we neglect that spiritually that it's easy to to overlook the need to be ministered to yeah um so yeah it's good um i'm thankful i'm thankful for friends um it is i wish i had any uh, it is i know it's not easy over here um it's not easy in in ministry to 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 create real and genuine connections Mm mm-hmm that uh, that really last and i'm thankful for people that come to me and when they ask me a question i know they don't have an agenda i know they're not i know they're not asking me because they want to put something else on my plate i know they're not coming to check on me because of anything else they're coming here because they're um they're really just friends they want to check in and see how things are going Mm -hmm. um and sometimes they're, you know, right there in your midst. Sometimes they're across a computer screen or a phone call away. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm never here for you, so don't call me. I know. Yeah. So I'm going to be clear on the, on the podcast. We do this you, not because we're friends, but it's strictly for monetary gain. That's right. <laughs> and you would never drive three hours just to meet me and play never. around with disc golf either. Never. Never. Yeah. Um, you know, so just those moments there where, yeah. you know, God reminds you, hey, I know this can be a really isolating position that you're in. And I know that sometimes you can feel like you're alone. Um, he goes, I just want you to know that that's Satan trying to convince you that you're alone. And, but there's a lot of people that are right here with you. Um, and uh, it's, uh, that's more more viable, I think, than we give, you know, credit to at times. So I agree. To, you know, friends. like there's a lot of moments. There's a lot of... Um, in Kansas, I had some some lonely, dark moments towards the end of while I was there because a lot of the youth ministers that I had worked with took other jobs. Churches were getting a little bit smaller. They, yeah, all of them. Uh, but all of them. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, so I, it ended up being like such kind of a lonely position, which is weird to think like you're lonely with uh, 300 people and and three other people on staff and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But like it was, it was started to get kind of lonely and one of the joys that i have had working here at pine tree is is joining this uh, northeast texas summer youth series netsis uh group uh you guys have seen kt has been on the show he, he was a part of that group um alan 
Uh, Middleton is a part of that group and a, a good friend of mine. And I'm, I'm thankful for those guys. I'm thankful to do youth ministry with them. I'm thankful to do church camp with them. I'm thankful to um, just have that kind of a friendship. And yeah, you know, I will always drive three hours to play Frisbee golf with Josh uh, in a <laughs> heartbeat um, kind of a thing. Um, yeah. Like I, I agree. Like it's, it is hard. It's hard. Uh, sometimes people don't get, understand this. Maybe they do. Um, because maybe like you feel this way about your preacher, but it's hard <laughs> to like be a friend with someone in your congregation sometimes because like either one, they're like, Oh, I don't want to talk to them. Cause they're going to ask me to volunteer <laughs> or like, I'm like, Oh, um, you know, oh, I, they don't want to actually have conversations with me because, you know, I'm the preacher or I'm the youth minister, you know, or, Hey, he's just a youth minister. He's not a real adult at all. He wears his hat backwards, uh, and wears Chacos on Sundays, you know? <laughs> um, but I haven't, I really, I haven't experienced that, that, that much at Pine Tree, uh, at all. Matter of fact, um, it's kind of funny how people have embraced. And a lot of times when they introduce me to new people, they're like, yeah, check out his shoes. He wears Chacos. Isn't that funny? He's not from Texas. It's <laughs> 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 kind of funny. So we had a guest speaker a couple of weeks ago, and he was wearing like these uh, uh, leopard print shoes uh, that somebody gave him while he was in Africa doing mission work. And um, sounds fantastic. I just wanted to be like, you know, I don't think those shoes are that weird. Like, I feel like that's an acceptable foot option. Um, you know, I don't know anybody who would wear weird shoes while preaching. Uh, <laughs> Kind of a scenario so it was just kind of fun i think one of my first sermons i preached at a uh, pine tree i i literally brought up the fact that i was wearing chacos and that i wasn't trying to make some sort of like great statement that it was like listen i can wear chacos for uh, eight to ten hours a day and my feet don't pulsate with pain uh <laughs> when i go home and keep me up at night yeah so whatever that is it'd be cool to get that fixed but i don't know but yeah, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that too. That's cool. Well, I got I got one more that I want to mention. Before we're we run, we'll close, close it up. on time, but um, I'm thankful for um, in ministry, especially and in church work. I'm thankful mm -hmm. for people who who are willing to come in and see see the vision mm. and want to partake in the vision and the mission of what's going on. Um, and, and this is, this is true from a leadership standpoint, but also from, um, you know, just the church as a whole, that a lot of times when, um, and I've been on both sides of this, right? I've been, I've been the youth minister, the associate minister who was given the opportunity to preach. And right. when it came time for him to preach, it was kind of like, Hey, let's pause everything for a little bit. So the, so the youth guy can come preach his little youth sermon. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, Thanksgiving sermon. That's, that's usually when that is. Yeah. Or, or senior Sunday. Um, but senior never, Sunday. never really included as a part of, of all that's going on in the church, all that's okay. being taught to have a real role in that. Um, and so, but that takes a, that takes a leadership that's willing to extend that and, and open that door. Mm. But it also takes someone that's willing. to come through. Um, I'm thankful for people who will open up the door, but I'm also thankful for people who will come in and join in that. So mm -hmm. um, I think that's really the only way to go 
forward, the only way to move forward yeah. is, is to come in that way. And it's having this conversation with, uh, uh, with someone about, you know, a youth minister who was, was struggling to kind of feel acknowledged by, by his leadership. And I said, yeah, I said, we've kind of done this thing in, especially in churches of Christ where, um, the youth minister isn't really seen. He's kind of just seen as a, as a, as a bigger teenager, because we never give them the avenue to demonstrate that they're they're educated, um, they're intelligent, they have something to contribute not just to your teenagers but to the church as a whole. Right. Um, we've put them in charge of the teenagers and their spiritual formation uh, because they have the ability to do that. They also have the ability to educate adults as well. Right. But because we've never given them that avenue to teach an adult Bible class, to preach a, a sermon as a part of a series, they're rarely seen by the church as someone who can contribute to that as a whole. And uh, we have to, we, so we can't keep doing that. So, but that's also why you rarely see a youth minister move um, into different ministries in the church because we've never given them the opportunity to demonstrate who they are outside of being with the teenagers. Um, and so I'm just, I'm, I'm thankful for people that see the big mission of the church as yeah. a whole, yeah. but also the vision and the mission of the local church and are willing to participate in that uh, from both sides. Um, and, and I say that because it's, it's not natural and it's not easy to do. Um, but when people are willing and, and do that kind of work, it just makes for such a healthy, and vibrant atmosphere just right. across the board so yeah i agree and um last one is is for me is i'm thankful for uh our viewers ah. and I'm, I'm thankful for uh the people who come and watch our podcast like i am and i'm thankful for the people who who listen to an episode you know once every two or three months or whatever um i think it's cool uh and it's nice and it's encouraging when somebody I didn't know, like I had, I had one of the elders at um, Pine Tree come and talk to me the other day, and he was like, "Man, I listened to your all's podcast, and uh, you guys got some good things that you're uh, that you've said and that you've done on there." And I was like, "Oh, cool." And he's like, "Yeah, I he's like I, I really enjoy it, and I think you uh, I think you guys are doing a good thing there." And I was like, "All right." That's cool. Uh, that's that's exciting to me that you that you listen to it. Um, yeah, it is neat. So I'll give you a shout out there, Ken. Uh, if you listen to this one, you can let me know. Uh, <laughs> but I just like I don't know. That was super. It was super cool. It's it's fun when people. Um, I don't know. Watch your podcast, kind of a thing. Um, but anything else before I uh, tie a bow on this bad boy? I don't think so, man. Um, it should be easy, right? I mean, it should be easy to do the things you're thankful for. To be. Um, and just that little phrase that Paul uses, it's three words, and be thankful. And be um, thankful. We need this. We need this reminder uh, more than just in November. More than just at Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, totally. Um, you know, we need this reminder that um, a life of Thanksgiving not only is uh, kind of commanded, you know, for Christians, mm -hmm. um, but it's also better i mean it, it's just so much better when you can live a life that acknowledges we got a lot to be thankful for right. and yeah there's a lot of garbage there's a lot of violence there's a lot of evil 
but man, there's a lot of good being done. So, uh, so don't grow weary in doing good. There you uh, go. Galatians six nine. Uh, <laughs> I was like, man, you just like close it out. That's you're doing. A, you're like hitting it, hit the home run right there. Amen. Right. Amen. Hey, we want to thank y'all for being here today. We want to remind you of Galatians chapter six verse nine. Um, don't grow weary doing good. Um, Jerry Myers used to quote this to me all the time, uh, and he would say, "Aaron." Galatians 6, 9, don't grow weary in doing good. There's going to be a lot of things that try to slow you down. There's going to be a lot of stuff that tries to weigh you down. There's going to be a lot of stuff that tries to stop you from doing good. And that's the dark forces. That's the evilness in this world. It's the fallen part of this world. But don't grow weary in doing good because God is using you. God wants to use you. And we need to change this world by doing something good, something good in Jesus's name um, and not in our own name. That's right. So allow Christ to use you to do that. I'm Aaron, and this is Josh, and we might see you next week, but it's also Thanksgiving week, so who knows? But up in the air. you know what I do know? This is Behind the Beards. Till we're all growing a beard, a man's face should never be bare. We just want some facial hair. We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for a beard.